Well, Charlie, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? I'm good, yeah. We're going to get stuck into some Northern Ireland politics today, aren't we? I believe so, yeah. High time yeah. again. Let's get on with Curry my yogurt, can't cook a cooler. It doesn't take very long for your balakava to slip. Please. Fuck you, Deputy Stank. Fuck, Fuck you. You haven't gone away, you know. Maybe Dodgy Day will answer it now. It's fine for the plastic and vertebrate jellies. Only America first. America first. No! Okay, so I'm. Um- previous podcast where we discussed Northern Ireland, um, especially in context of the coronavirus, I brought up how I was pleasantly surprised by the, the, the coherence we saw between the executive in terms of DUP and Sinn Féin, or sorry, the relative coherence compared to previous times. We have seen fractures between them, inevitable, um, but perhaps in the most recent develop, we see the, uh, we see the true colours of, of Northern Irish politics coming through once, once again, and it's quite sad. Um, basically, Edwin puts in an interview uh, with UTV, I believe, UTV Live, said that basically sectarianized coronavirus along Catholic and Protestant lines. He said that mm-hmm. Catholic Republican communities were affected on a six to one ratio to that of their Protestant Unionist counterparts. And oh, it was sickening to hear. It was sickening to hear. And I really, it just, it just it's not constructive it's not conducive to the overall coronavirus efforts and um yeah it just oh it fucked me off to be frank uh your reaction to it charlie was it only a matter of time really i mean yeah it's i think i think the dup were quite pissed off with Isle edwin getting stuck in front of the mics and maybe he did it of his own accord just like he just like he sent the attorney general a letter off his own accord trying to clear his son's name for reckless driving but we'll get on with that yeah. um but people, the, the story was that the DUP were very cross at Edwin coming out saying that he had, first of all, he had grave concerns about um, the new coronavirus guidelines if we were to take what is called a circuit breaker. Because, um, of course, of course, Edwin Puts would have concerns about that. Of course he would. Um, and then going on and making this a truly sectarian thing once again, which, as you've said, is sickening. There's, it's deplorable. Mm. Um now, if we go back, way back, like we're talking 60 years back now, Philip, um, to whenever unionist Protestant majority um, in Northern Ireland or the north of Ireland genuinely discriminated against Catholics. It was so bad. Like, people, I don't think this is said enough. It was so bad that the British government had to take control of the unionists, of the people who supported the union. That's how bad it got. And you have an ilk of DUP people, and this is really important not to lose. The Gregory Campbells, maybe not so much the Jeffrey Donaldsons, but he wouldn't be too far off at Willie McRae. Jim, Jim Wells. Yeah, Jim Wells. And Edwin Puts is cut from exactly the same cloth that they would have said back in the 1960s and 70s. So what's the problem? It's not that mm-hmm. bad. I don't know what they're complaining about. These are genuinely, genuinely, and generally sectarian men um, that are... DUP's a dreadful party as it is, but there are, there used to be some good people in Simon Hamilton, for one, people speak very highly of. Arlene Foster, before she became First Minister and had to pander mm-hmm. to these fucking dinosaurs, used to be relatively level-headed um, and good in her policymaking. Um, but the likes of Edwin Putz 
will always, always be sectarian. And so long as he's getting on areas, he's going to undermine the DEP, he's going to undermine public health messaging. This is a man who was Minister for Health, Minister for Health, and said that he wouldn't accept a blood donation of somebody who's a homosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's so fucking disappointing that we have to get this brought back in and just shown. Yeah. Do you remember whenever we were shown about the whole Tory, whenever they were linking up the DEP, this shit again, like... Yeah, I, I, I think the thing that... Um... The thing that, that really got me about this as well was that it, the claim that he made, this six to one ratio claim, he attributed that to the Bobby Story funeral from the end of June. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's basing this on. And that's how he sectarianized it. He said, Sinn Féin went to that funeral. They set an example for the community. That's what all the rise is from now. And that is just factually incorrect. I think yeah, it was it Mark Carruthers. Mark Carruthers pointed out to him, or pointed out to Peter Weir later on, because of course Peter Weir, yes, the DUP might have been disappointed with these comments, but Peter Weir was straight to the straight to the rescue. Mm-hmm. He was he was posing it as a semantic issue, saying that this was a geographical concern, not a sectarian one. It's blatantly sectarian. Um, but Mark Carruthers said that at the end of June, um, that the Bobby Story t- funeral took place at the end of June. In mid September, coronavirus cases were uh, in their twenties per 100,000 and then by the end of September so in a matter of days they were up to the 100 per 100,000 and that jump that jump between 15 odd days in September according to Edwin Putz is due to a funeral that took place at the end of June I mean it's just if you're going to make these claims at least make them on some sort of solid ground but of course you can't because it's not there yeah, we, we talked about it being it would been an easy punching bag and actually a, a rightful punching bag to Bobby Story yeah, stuff. But yeah. it's just it's just incorrect. It's just wrong from Edwin Putz. But again, it's something easy, which is again going to play to the base of the people who the likes of Edwin Putz rely on, which is bigoted fools who are deeply, deeply sectarian and will use anything they can to bring it back to what they what they what they put the veil over it as nationalists or Republicans, but honestly, what they're openly talking about is Catholics. It's as simple as that. They want to bring mm-hmm. back blame of whatever they can, be it economic hardship, be it like the economic hardship that we're going to face, or be it death or coronavirus, whatever. They still want people to blame. I mean, I mean, this this whole thing. There, there is an inference of um, of unionist superiority. You know, Catholic communities are are six times more likely than Protestant communities to have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Sure, aren't we? I mean, it's just... It's already, aren't we, Philip? Yeah. What is the narrative he's trying to play out? I, mm. I don't understand it. Well, I do understand it. It is, as you say, it's bigoted, it's sectarian, and it's, it's fucking infuriating is what it is. Yeah, what annoyed me as well, though, is that the DUP, behind closed doors, were saying, for fuck's sake, Edward, not again. Why'd you go and put your foot in it again? Um, but then publicly came out and said, well, you know, maybe there's some credence to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, lad, stand up and have a bit of gumption and say this. Like I said, I, I still don't understand why the likes of Edwin Putz and Jim Wells haven't been hung, hung out to dry. Don't get it. I mean, the, the, I suppose you could ask the same thing for many a political party. Whenever they get mm-hmm. new, yeah, younger true. blood into it, you can't just throw the, the old horse out Ed, Edwin Putz is only um, mid-50s. He looks considerably older. <laughs> he looks considerably older, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well, actually, on the subject of Edmund Puts, while we're talking about just how much of a 
bad person and put it lightly how much of a bad person Edmund puts this he felt um, obliged as he was in the car he was in this car with his son who was done for dangerous driving um, and he was so incredulous at the decision for the PSNI to charge his son with dangerous driving for which he was charged 500 quid and um, given five penalty points that he felt compelled to write to the Attorney General and what if everybody felt compelled to write to the Attorney General after a crime was committed that wasn't even their crime, that that was their son's crime? And yeah, poor... if everyone starts doing that, the Attorney General is going to have a very, very busy secretary, isn't he? And poor Edwin certainly didn't reach his uh, lofty heights in politics through his English grammar either. Shocking letter. My God. Take a look at it if you get the chance. <laughs> I will. Uh, all right, we're going, we're going quite personal in on Edwin here, you know. We've touched on him not looking looking older than he is, and now his uh, his grammar. So let's bring it back to this whole sectarianizing of the coronavirus issue. Um, and another another source of this we have seen more recently is, of course, I don't think we've actually talked about him before on the show. And the reason we haven't talked about him is because he's such a a threatening paralegal. You know, mm-hmm. he could string us up for defamation if he wanted to at any yeah. moment. It is, of course, the great. Jamie Bryson. Jamie Bryson is out in defence of the uh, <laughs> the Donaghy um, football, uh, Donaghy United. I don't know who they are. Donaghy Football Club mm. had a bit of a soirée for the the old firm Derby on Saturday there, and I think they had a number of people present. Uh, a newspaper reported that there was, or journalists reported that there was then a subsequent police raid on these premises to break up this Rangers. Um, celebration party as they beat Celtic and Jamie Bryson is livid he's livid he's not livid at the at the fact that this happened he's not denying that it happened either he is livid that it was reported as a police raid (laughs) he's livid and then what he's also livid about is the fact that no one's talking about the GAA matches that are Mm -hmm. going on at the same time Mm-hmm. He's not ta- He's he's annoyed that no one brought this up about the GAA a couple of months ago. Whenever they were having matches and supporters were there, I think the the salient point here, Jamie, um, is that this party happened the day after a heap of new restrictions came in. I think that's that's the differentiation between this and all the the Gaelic um, no, there's the GAA games that no, went there's... on. Philip, you're wrong there. There's an exception made in any Republican or loyalist area that the old firm is sacred and they could do whatever the hell they want. Of course. Sorry. That's, that's, that's an un, 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 come on, mate. You, uh, yeah. You've been about long enough to know that unwritten rule. <laughs> no, but so he's 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 making this comparison between GAA games that went on a couple of weeks ago where there was videos of no social distancing, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, Which was and, terrible and, as well. Yeah, they they were equally in the wrong for that. The difference there was is that they were going on at a time where gatherings of that of that of gatherings were allowed and supporters were allowed at events, albeit with social distancing, even though there was none. So rightfully complain about them, but don't draw a false parallel between that and this Rangers Supporters Club bash that happened. Good old knees up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so why not? It's not often they beat Celtic, is it? <laughs> So, they, so the, the whole the whole narrative on Twitter now is why are they reporting it as a police raid? Why are they not reporting it as the important thing here? And that is Rangers beat Celtic. So yet another frustrating week in Northern Irish politics. But as ever, thanks for listening.